Hello and welcome to this very first episode of the podcast, When the Heart Leads. Subtitle, a podcast to reconnect with the sacred feminine way of creation. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Newberg, and I'm very excited to be here. The title of this episode is Moses Comes Down from the Mountain. And I want to start with a quick disclaimer that this is not a religious podcast. Um, This is a podcast that's very connected with the heart-centered way of creation, the feminine way of creation. And what this often means is that I will be drawing from a number of different wisdom traditions from all over the earth. Um, I find that these kind of deeply recursive human stories sometimes separated from any kind of dogma we have associated with them can bring a lot of power and understanding and wisdom to us. So um, Moses comes down from the mountain and in a lot of ways this is the, um, the story of that transition point back into the world. And I'll back up just a second because in order to come back into the world we will have had to have left it at some point. And my instinct is that those of us drawn to this podcast, those of us listening to this podcast, have in some way known that time or know that time now of what it means to be withdrawn from the world as we know it. This can happen in a number of different ways. Sometimes it happens through absolute solitude, which is how I did it. Um, I had a very profound and abrupt spiritual awakening, you could call it, where literally overnight um, everything in my world stopped making sense. That was about five years ago. And it took me a long time of retreat from the world um, and deep seeking and a lot of shedding and releasing to even begin to make sense of what had happened. So for some of us, it's something like that. It, it can be abrupt and dramatic, and we and we leave everything we've ever known, and we do what I did, which is get everything down to two suitcases and travel the world, uh, write books, meet seers and gurus, and learn human lessons and spiritual lessons and all sorts of crazy things. Um, or it can be in such a way that you just know something needs to change. And maybe you leave a relationship that you know isn't right, or a job that you know isn't right, or you change location, or, or your awakening, your retreat, it happens within the movement of your life. Either way, it's a very profound time of soul searching. And I'm going to pause for a moment to plug in my computer. <laughs> Okay, I'm back. Where was I? Yes, um, the deep retreat from the world. So quite often, um, those of us on this path with this deep knowing that there's a different way of being than maybe what we've been taught, what we've been shown, um, we take this time, we take this time, and we take the time we need to learn about ourselves and to heal. But there comes that moment, that deep summoning, and you'll know it. Perhaps you've gone through it, perhaps it's still on your horizon. Um, 
when it's time to come back. It's time to engage with the world again. And this episode happens at that transition point. This episode is an illumination of that transition point. And I want to read a passage from the preface of my second book, which was in many ways an exploration of this um, question of what it means to come back in, what it means to come back into the world after an awakening. And I'm going to read the passage here um, word for word from the preface, because as you'll see in many ways, um, this whole podcast is a continual exploration into the question that I raise here. So I wrote in, um, in my second book, which is called Finding Home, a mystical memoir. And in the preface I wrote, How are ones such as us, the sensitive ones, the knowing ones, to find belonging in this world? For those of us stirring with a remembrance of a time past and to come, a time when every living thing conferred wisdom, when beauty alone was the highest principle of creation. How are ones such as us to belong in this gritty and clamoring world that insists so often on suffering and ugliness and cruelty and derision? So it is us, the sensitive ones, the knowing ones who have felt so deeply the suffering of this world and who have taken time to move away from it, to make sense of it as best we can, to heal. But then we feel inevitably this deep call, this summoning back. And ultimately the heart will lead us back into this world. It is feminine, the heart is yin. It is the feminine as one of the feminine aspects of us. And the feminine is relational, it's sensual, it, of the senses, right? It's embodied. It cannot be satisfied forever by the ethereal planes of existence. So it will bring us back. I spent a lot of time in denial of that fact, by the way. Um, I, I might, as, as this podcast unfold, you'll most likely get some of the stories of how I ended up coming back into the world. But it was incredibly painful, and I kind of came back kicking and screaming. Um, but uh, And so that's in some ways why I'm starting this conversation now. Because um, for those of us who are on the brink of coming back, who are being summoned, right? How can we do this in a way where we feel supported and loved and held? Who else is walking back into the world in this heart-centered way of being? How do we connect, right? So in that time of retreat, we had a lot of soul-searching experiences or are continuing to have them or you're embarking on it now, right? And, and I think about that story from the Dawn Treader, again, wisdom text, <laughs> Chronicles of Narnia, um, which I believe is a deeply encoded 
series of texts, um, deeply encoded ways of humanity uh, and powerful stories. But there is this story I remember from the Don Treader, and it, there's this character who was, um, he was kind of like one of those token unpleasant characters that um, doesn't seem to have a lot of redeeming factors and is very uh, selfish and unpleasant to be around and he's stuck on this ship and he didn't want to be there and um, kind of is shifted in form. And this shift in form is extremely humbling to him because he can't speak. And all the things that he knew of were suddenly gone and he was suddenly dependent on people in a way that he was very aware of. And somehow was able to communicate that it was him, that it was him, not, it wasn't a, this beast, this dragon, this mindless creature, it was him. And he had resigned himself to living that way and to being as useful as he could and being um, in, in a different way than he'd ever been. And so, uh, without going too much into the story, it's a very good book. But what ends up happening is that Aslan comes and guides him to begin to unpeel the scales, the layers of self. And each time he unpeels a layer of self, it's incredibly painful. It's incredibly painful. And at the same time, kind of like with each layer, he gets a little more free. He gets a little more, he gets a little less restricted, but each peeling back is painful. And at some point, I guess Aslan just realized he needed to hurry the process along, and he, he, he cut through all the layers at once, all the barriers at once. And that's in some ways, if I think about how I felt in that awakening, now that I'm talking about it, it was like all the barriers at once were pulled away. Excruciating. Excruciating to have everything you've ever thought was you, everything, everything that's ever been a barrier to the full experience of the world just at once pulled away. And it was a, an act of divine intervention. And he, he came back, this character came back, released into his original form, his truest form. And that transformation, that movement, that the peeling back of layers, and maybe for some of us it happens more gently, and for some of us it happens all at once, like for this character. Either way, um, there can be a lot of pain associated with it, which means we need to take time to heal from it. We need that time of retreat. When we go into that time of retreat, we begin to shed the trappings of this world. We shed with each layer its conditioning, its thought patterns, its it's our lineage, it's um, the deeply, the epigenetic trauma, um, you know, the, it all comes away <laughs> in this time of retreat. And it's shedding and it's shedding and it's shedding and every shedding requires time for healing, for adjustment. And then at some point, we've returned into our truest form. And the shedding, if not, if, if not fully over, it takes a different form for us. And it's time for us to come back. And so this is the turn. This is where our story turns. This is the moment that I am discussing in this podcast. 
the, the exploration that I'm bringing forward in this podcast um, is this time of return. And it's coming forward very strong now. And, and it's also, it, it's, I'm very aware that it's this powerful portal day that this, this podcast wanted to be born on the, um, you know, the Lionsgate portal day, this infinity portal. And today was the day all the stars aligned and the planets aligned and this was the day for it to come forward. But this, this coming back in and what, 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 I, what I'm told, what I'm feeling is that there's a larger receptive field for this moment, for this moment, for those of us who are called to live in the way of the heart, in the sacred feminine way of creation. This is a powerful turning point in our story. Perhaps we've spent the last few years in this deep soul-searching time of shedding, but now we're being summoned back. This is the story of Kuan Yin. After her deep grieving, she comes back. She comes back in service to the world. She walks in amongst the people again. This is the story of Moses coming down from the mountain. This is our story coming back in. And this is a time, a moment, a movement, a transition of unutterable vulnerability because our new state of being is largely untested. It's easy to stay in the heart when we remain in solitude. It's easy to stay in the heart when we're surrounded by our spirit guides. When we're on the mountain and there's nothing to irritate us. There's nothing to hurt us. Right? So this time of deep vulnerability is these questions of, of, of will I be crushed again in, in the, this implacable way of the world, the seemingly implacable way of the world? Will I be crushed again in it? Will I lose myself? Will I lose this thing that feels so precious to me, this way of being? And so we ask, is it, is it possible to remain gentle, open, loving in the face of all of it? But we find when we come down from the mountain, either you're coming down now, maybe you have come down, you've been here for a while, you're still on the brink, you're still in that healing place, you know, you're embarking, there's all different places in the journey. Um, but we find that we are irrevocably changed. And there's a part of us that is inviolable no matter what. It is inviolable. And it reminds me of the dragonfly, which is a creature that transcends elements. It begins as a water nymph, and then it... Um, It comes out and transforms into a dragonfly and it takes to the it takes to the air, the air element. And the dragonfly in the air element in this transformation, it it doesn't reject the water where it came from. It doesn't reject that element. It's not afraid of it. It's not afraid of coming near it. And when you watch dragonflies, they like to play in the water. They can land on it. They skim the water. It becomes suddenly a playground. This element that they had um, emerged from, left behind, 
has now taken on whole new dimensions and whole new possibilities for them. And ultimately, in our, after our period of adjustment, and there are many periods of adjustment in this, this is a cycle, it's, uh, there might be one big cycle that many of us are going through collectively, um, but we, we come back through it. But what happens is we gain this mastery over that element and we begin to come into the world like, um, an, like it's now our playground, an element that we can play within instead of one to be afraid of or to reject. And ultimately, what I learned about this coming back in is that it is impossible to do it alone. By design, it's impossible to do it alone. And I tried. Let me tell you, I tried. I wanted to preserve my solitude so deeply that I tried to come back into the world and stay completely alone. And it didn't work. It, didn't, it wasn't fulfilling. Because ultimately, the heart exists, thrives in relationship, in relation, in connection. That, that's the feminine way. One of, there are many feminine ways, but that's a deeply feminine way of being, is in connection. And it's often in connection that we have felt the most trauma, the most hurt, the most betrayal. So it's understandable that we would come back in and want, want to have it both ways. We'd want to have all of this incredible transformation and then not, but then keep kind of at arm's length all those kinds of um, levels of interaction, of connection that had hurt us so badly in the past. Um, but ultimately, by design, when we come back into the world in service of the world in this feminine way, it will be in relationship. It will be in connection. And what I wrote here is the only way to come back into the world after such a profound awakening is to do it in the midst of others. We find those who can love us, lead us, and who we can love and lead. And this is true communion. True communion. There will be many who don't understand. That's okay. What happens is that when we stay centered in the heart, this deeply feminine way of creation, we begin to recognize the others who are coming back down from the mountain. There's an unmistakable glint in their eye. There's an unmistakable frequency to them. There's this kind of knowing that's impossible to miss. And in some ways, this podcast is a, is a gathering, it's a summoning, it's a call, it's a ringing bell, it's a who are we who are gathering now with all of our wisdom and all of our knowledge and all of our knowing. Let's recognize each other. Let's create communion within that. And the irony, of course, is that the heart is immediate. It's present. It's now, right? So 
once we find that communion, it, it is the ultimate arrival. And from there, we play, we learn, we create, we collaborate, we co-create, we love. But it all happens in a completely different way because we've already arrived. It has this, this, new, this new way of being in relationship. It was born from a deep belonging that cannot be taken away from us. It's unconditional. And when we find the others in that deep communion, the belonging is unconditional. It just is. It can't be taken away. There's a deep security in that that makes all sorts of play and creation and knowing and being beyond that. There's a lightness to it. There's a pleasure to it. There's a fun to it because the arrival's already happened. And so in some ways, this, um, this podcast is both an exploration and a ringing bell, a summoning. Who else? is coming down from the mountain right now. I want to say that with the heart, when the heart leads, truly leads, not just theoretically leads, not just I think the heart is leading, right? That's a whole other way of, you know, circumventing the heart through our thought forms. But when the heart truly leads, what happens, and especially when we're in communion, especially when we're, when we're with others who see the world, the ways of the world, the structures of the world, the operational, um, kind of the operating systems of the world, right? And I, I speak of um, operation, operating systems regarding money, education, the economy, um, you know, all of these operating systems that we see that are in place, right, that have always seemed so implacable, so inexorable, so powerful. What we begin to see on our own and then we join with others who are in the center of their own heart, the deepest dignity of their heart, is that these, these systems are somehow malleable mutable. We see the fissures in them, the cracks. We see the ways that they don't hold up. We see the ways that our way of heart creation, sacred feminine way of creation, brings those systems, those ways of operating, those embedded thought forms from the simple seat of the heart, we see how those can be brought to their knees. We see that the heart commands, the creative space of the heart is the commanding space.
And when we join in communion on this, without resistance, without fighting, new ways of being just emerge. Both within and beyond these systems that seem to work in direct opposition to the ways of the heart, to the divine ways of the feminine. We begin to live in ways underpinned by values of generosity and worthiness, unconditional worthiness of all living things, of all creation. We begin to see how these simple acts of generosity and love and service. And service doesn't have to be, I want a, a side note here, service doesn't have to be um, some obsequious thing. Like, service is just the natural emanation of your own heart's light. And when you dwell in that, when you move from that place, you are in a place of service, and you begin to see how all of the, the world begins to glow. Without resistance, without fighting, you begin to see the dissolution of these ways of being, person by person, interaction by interaction. And when we join as a communion, when we are in communion with others who are heart-centered, who live within the dignity of their heart, who know and evolve through this feminine way of creation, it gets amplified and amplified. And it's like this scent, this scent of hope, this scent of joy, this scent of possibility that begins to open the doors of these, of these invisible prisons, these ultimately fragile prisons that we see. This is not revolution, this is evolution. This is the new way, the heart-centered way of being sacred feminine way of creation is the next movement of human evolution. And this podcast is an exploration into that. When the I want to mention when the title dropped in and we're wrapping up here, we're almost there. I just uh, I just have to mention that when the title dropped in, I laughed because the title, When the Heart Leads, it is so in keeping with the feminine. It, it, the title itself, When the Heart Leads, it invites us into co-creation. When the heart leads, what? What then? It is up to us to discover and keep discovering what happens when the heart leads. And so always with the heart, we are living on the very edge of creative evolution. So for those of us, and you know, 
who you are. You know that there's something in you that's pulsing, pulsing at the heart of you that wants to come forward. A creation, a way of being, a summoning, you know. If you're feeling that call, then it's time to come down from the mountain. It's time to start living in the world transformed. And ultimately, it's time to start doing it again in communion with others. So this is, I guess, the manifesto of When the Heart Leads, a podcast to reconnect with the sacred feminine way of creation. And I'm your host, Dr. Kate Newberg. For more information on my work, you can go to my website, booksofeden.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. From my heart to yours, across space and time, on this powerful day of new beginnings, I say thank you and welcome. <laughs>